Amen, amen. Thank y'all. Appreciate that. Appreciate a hot rod, silent night, the quartet. Oh, holy night. What a night. What a night. What a night. The night that our Savior was born. Boy, I'm telling you what. I don't believe, I don't believe that we can fully comprehend the thrill that filled the hearts of the people the night that the Savior was born. I don't think that our minds can completely grasp the amount of, of uh, just in country way of putting it, the amount of chills that ran through their body as they realized that the Savior was born. You see, we are on the other side of the prophecy. We are on the other side. We have read the prophecy and we have read about the fulfillment. We know that the Bible said a Savior was going to be born and we've also read that He was born. And so because of that, although we enjoy the Christmas story and we get stirred by the Christmas story uh, and we, we understand that it's valuable and that it's important and all these things, uh, I believe that sometimes it is impossible for us to grasp what they felt the night the Savior was born. This morning I want to preach a little bit on this thought, "'Tis the season for anticipation.'" Tis the season for anticipation. You know, the Christmas season is indeed a season of anticipation. We are all looking forward to something. Some of y'all are looking forward to the Christmas music in June. You're trying to play Christmas music. You like that Christmas music. You can't wait till Christmas music is on all the radio stations. You anticipate that Christmas music. Some of you are anticipating all the baking. You know all the cookies, all the pies, all the candy, all the good things that come with this time of year and you are looking forward to, you're anticipating that time of year when you get all those good cookies. Some of you are anticipating the lights. You know what? Boy, the decorations and decorating your house, putting up your tree, uh, going out and seeing the decorations that are done around the community. Boy, we just enjoy those lights and we anticipate this time of year when all the lights are put up. Uh, uh, others are longing for the family to be gathered. Boy, Christmas time, the holiday season, a lot of times the family comes together and we're anticipating everybody being together again. And we just, uh, you know, isn't it interesting about family? Whenever holiday comes, we just can't wait for everybody to be together. And then in a few days, we just can't wait for everybody to go back home. <laughs> we anticipate all the family to be together. This is what we're looking forward to. This is what we're excited about. Uh, other people are excited about either watching or being a part of uh, the parades and the, and the Christmas plays and the programs and going and seeing the special things that are being put on. And they, they anticipate this time of year and going and doing that and being a part of the parties and the fun. And Boy, they're just looking forward to and, and of course everyone, whether you admit it or not, some people are open about it and they buy that sweatshirt that says I'm just here for the presents. Uh, other people are secretive about it and say no, 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 you know. But everybody is anticipating the presents. Everybody's looking forward to what's going to be under the tree for me. What is somebody purchased for me? What is going to be the gift that they're going to get? I just love it whenever uh, Melissa the other day uh, we were eating lunch uh, down here at, uh, during school and uh, she got her phone out and she scrolled a little bit on Amazon and she said is this what you want for Christmas? And I'm like yeah. 
That's right. That's what I want for Christmas. You know, we're anticipating what's going to be underneath the tree. It's a season of anticipation. We're all anticipating, looking forward to, hoping for, excited about what might be coming. It is a season when we look ahead with excited anticipation and excited expectation of what is to come. Whenever we consider our Savior's birth, we realize that His coming, His birth was surrounded with great anticipation. This morning I want to look for a few minutes at this thought of tis the season for anticipation. As I said a minute ago, because you and I live on the fulfilled side of the Messianic prophecies, I believe that we miss the thrill that had to go through the hearts of those who recognized that this was the Savior of the world. For years, hundreds of years, the Jews had looked for the Messiah. Matter of fact, in Genesis 3 and verse number 15, God promised Adam and Eve that there would be the seed of a woman who would crush the tempter. He promised them that. I fully believe that when Adam and Eve began to conceive children, they began to wonder, was this the promised seed? Would Cain be the promised seed? Then Abel was born and Cain killed Abel and they began to realize, "Uh uh-oh, the firstborn is a wicked one. The righteous one has been killed. Then the Lord gave them Seth and they are wondering, will he be? the promised seed and from the time of Adam through the time of Noah through the wandering in the wilderness all the way through the establishment of the land of Israel the Jewish people for years and years and years were looking for the Messiah every time a Jewish woman conceived she wondered would this be a son Whenever she delivered that child and it was a boy, her and her husband and her family, whether they vocalized it or whether they didn't, they wondered, will this be the Messiah? For hundreds of years they watched. For hundreds of years they anticipated. For hundreds of years, generation after generation would pass the story on to the next generation. Families would tell their children. The children would grow up and tell their children. They memorized the prophecies. Rabbis dedicated their entire life to studying the prophecies and putting the puzzle pieces together so that they could correctly identify the Messiah when he arrived. The whole culture of the Jewish people, yes, there was ebbs and flows. There were times when it was stronger than others, but the entire Jewish culture from the time of Adam until the time of Christ, they were looking for a Messiah. Their entire religion was composed of looking for the Messiah. Their home life was composed of anticipating a Messiah. It was what they lived for. It was what motivated them. It was at the root of everything they did that a Messiah was coming. They were looking for and longing for the Messiah. As we look into the Word of God, we realize that, yes, sometimes... They had the wrong idea. Sometimes they misinterpreted what the Scriptures meant. 
Some of them had a wrong idea of what this Messiah was going to accomplish. But they were all looking for the Messiah. And you know, we shouldn't be too hard on them. Because, Brother Danny, here I go again. I'm going to ruin my message again. He said this morning that he was going to ruin his like Pastor John does. <laughs> we jump ahead, boy. We want to get to the end. But you know what? We also are anticipating something. And there's some prophecies that we've been trying to figure out and been trying to piece together. And although I believe what I believe and I'm not confused about what I believe, I do think that there's a very real possibility that when Jesus comes, a lot of us are going to be going, Oh, oh yeah, why didn't I think of that? Oh, I never saw it in that light. And we're going to realize that maybe we had things a little mixed up too. So we can't be too hard on the Jews. We can't be too hard on them. They, they were driven by a desire to meet the Messiah. This is how they lived. This is what they looked for. They were fueled by anticipation of a coming Messiah. In Luke chapter number 2, we have what we refer to as the Christmas story. It's the account of the Savior's birth. It's the account that is probably most used during the Christmas season. It is, it is the story that if you read the Word of God before you open your presents on Christmas, this is probably the passage you read. This contains in one place the biggest portion of the Christmas story is Luke chapter number 2. And we read here this account of the Savior's birth. The long-awaited moment has finally happened and it's recorded here in Luke chapter number 2. The moment that all of Israel had been waiting for since God's promise in the garden is recorded here in Luke chapter number 2. Now, there are many wonderful things that we could look at here in Luke chapter number 2. Danny was looking at the first eight verses this morning here in Luke chapter number 2. I'm telling you, this chapter is full of so many things we can look at. We can look at the taxing that just so happened to take place. We can look at the journey to Bethlehem like Brother Danny did this morning. We can look at the trials that Joseph and Mary faced. We can look at the, there not being any place to lay the newborn. We can look at the stable. There are so many things that we can look at in Luke chapter number 2. So many wonderful parts of this story. But this morning, I want to draw your attention to verse number 11. And this morning I want to consider the message that the angel brought to the shepherds immediately following the birth of Christ. Look with me in Luke chapter number 2, verse number 11. Actually, let's just back up and read verse number 10 just for context and then verse number 11. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, Lord, it's good to be in your house. Lord, I know that we tell the Christmas story over and over and over again. Lord, I know every year we come to December and Lord, we turn our focus to your birth and Lord, we tell the same story over and over and over again. 
But Father, whenever we realize the importance that this story has in regard to our eternal salvation, I pray, dear Lord, that the story will never grow old. But Father, it will be a story that always stirs in our hearts an excitement and an anticipation that, Lord, if you fulfilled one promise, you're destined to... perform another. Father, I pray that you will just bless us now this morning as we look into your word. I pray, dear Lord, that this message will encourage us. I pray it will challenge us. Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know you as Savior, Lord, they've never given their life to you. Lord, I pray this message this morning will convict them. And Lord, that they'll come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for your house. Thank you for the family of God. Thank you for the freedom that we have to worship together. Father, I pray Lord, that this time will not be wasted, but Father, that we will turn our hearts away from the things of the world and turn our focus to you, and Lord, allow you to minister to our hearts this morning, Father, I pray. Thank you for your goodness. Bless now your word, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Here in these verses, we have a group of shepherds that have been looking forward to and anticipating the coming of the Messiah. Now the Bible doesn't tell us a lot about these shepherds. Matter of fact, all that we know about them is recorded here. Now we can read books concerning that time period and the habits of shepherds and the status of shepherds in that day and we can formulate a picture of those shepherds. But all we know of these individuals is really recorded right here. But I firmly believe with all my heart that the fact that the angel brought the message to them and the way that they responded to the message tells me that these were not men who had no knowledge of the coming Messiah but instead these were men who had been looking forward to and anticipating the coming of the Messiah. But now I want to point out that there was nothing that indicated to them that they were going to get a message that night. There was nothing that indicated to them that this night in the field was going to be any different than any other night. There was nothing that spoke up to them and said this night will be a special night that will go down in history. No, this was just a normal night. I imagine it was a clear night. I imagine they were there in the field. They were watching over their flock The sheep were probably uh, bedded down and beginning to sleep. Uh, The shepherds were having conversation there around the fire, probably trying to stay warm, maybe drinking a a little bit of coffee, which I I don't know if it had been anything like ours, but you know, drinking a little bit of coffee and sitting there talking with one another. Uh, They had no idea that something special was going to happen, but then unexpectedly, instantaneously, the night sky lit up. And an angel said, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now I've tried to build just a little bit to this point in telling you that we have no idea how this news affected those shepherds. These guys have got generations of anticipation in their hearts. 
These guys have been waiting and looking. Their fathers waited and looked. Their grandfathers waited and looked. This is something that they have lived their lives around. This is something they have memorized. The stories that they got told at bedtime before they went to bed had to do with the coming Messiah. The songs they sung and the night as they were watching the sheep had to do with the coming Messiah. This was something that they were longing for. This is something they were looking forward to. They had no idea that it was going to happen tonight and suddenly, unexpectedly the sky split open and an angel appeared before them and the angel said, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. Their anticipation had been fulfilled. Their longing had been satisfied. Their expectations had been met. The Savior was born. I want to take a few moments this morning and look at verse number 11, make sure I'm not out of time already, and point out a few things that the shepherds were anticipating that they received that night. In order to do this, we're going to take verse number 11 and we're going to start at the end and we're going to work our way backwards to the beginning of verse number 11. And in doing so, we're going to present a fuller picture of what these shepherds were waiting for and what they received. The first thing that I want to point out to you this morning, in verse number 11, I see that they received a promised Messiah. If you look there at verse number 11, the last phrase says, which is Christ the Lord. The first thing I want us to notice is the culmination of their anticipation. The Messiah had been born. The long-awaited, the promised Messiah was now here on earth. For generations it had been almost a fairy tale. They knew it was true. They believed it was true. But it had been told so many times for so many generations that I believe it may have begun to lose its punch a little bit. But now, he's here. Can you imagine the thrill that coursed through the veins of these shepherds as the truth of what the angel said began to settle in and they realized that what they had been waiting on for centuries, the prophecies that they had been reciting for centuries, what had been told them for generations had came to pass. It had came to pass. The long-awaited Messiah had come we see uh, the thrill, we see the excitement, uh, we can imagine the awe, the wonder, uh, the shock as they realize the Messiah is here. You know, in just a couple of weeks, families all around the world are going to gather around the Christmas tree. Now, we all do it differently. I don't know how you do it, but we all do it differently. Some of us come out in our mismatched pajamas with our hair all messed up at the crack of dawn. We're out there uh, to open presents, you know, still barely awake. Your kids just won't let you stay in bed. This is how you do it. Others of you have all matching pajamas that you bought special for this occasion, and you get up and everybody has a shower and you eat breakfast and you all put on your matching pajamas and march into the living room and sit down like an orderly little family and open your presents up. Some of you go to grandma's on Christmas Eve and that's where you open your presents at. All of us do it different. It don't matter how you do it. Whatever works for your family is good. But the thing is, regardless of how you do it, there's going to be some people sitting around that tree with some big expectations. 
there's going to be some big hopes. Now, the older your kids get, the harder it is to build this anticipation because they have a way of figuring out what's coming. But they're going to have some big hopes and some big anticipations. You're going to hand the gift to them. And they're going to pull that paper back. And when they pull the paper back, they're going to see that item that they wanted more than anything, that they were hoping for, but they did not expect it to be under the tree. And whenever they pull that paper back and they see what you bought them, their face is going to light up. Uh, they're going to say something like, oh my goodness, or, or wow, or maybe if it's a girl, they'll just let out an ear-piercing squeal, you know. Oh man, then what have I got here? Uh, and there's going to be uh, an outburst uh, of an anticipation uh, being fulfilled. Uh, and when that outburst happens, uh, somewhere in the room will be the person that bought the gift, uh, and there's going to be a slow smile spread over their face uh, of satisfaction in recognizing the thrill that this young person is experiencing in receiving the gift. I just have to imagine that night when the shepherd, when the angel appeared to the shepherds and the shepherds began to recognize and realize and the truth of what the angel was telling them began to settle in and they began to respond with excitement because the Savior had been born. I imagine up in glory as the heavenly Father watched a smile spread across his face as he realized what you've been waiting on has been revealed. The Savior, the promised Messiah, they had been waiting for him and now he was here. But in addition to hearing the news of the promised Messiah, I want to point out that they were assured that he would be a powerful redeemer. You see here in verse number 11, it says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. First we see that they received their promised Messiah, but second we see that they were assured that this Messiah would be a powerful Redeemer. You ever get that gift? You open that gift up and you're super appreciative, but there's a question in your mind. Will these earbuds pair with my iPhone? <laughs> or, or fellas, you wonder... Did she remember to get batteries for this trail cam? <laughs> or maybe, fellas, if you're lucky, you're like, did she get any ammo to go with this pistol? <laughs> you know, you got this question in your mind. Is it complete? Is everything here? Ladies, I know what y'all thinking is, did he go ahead and get license and tags so I can drive my new car today? You know, well, you're wondering, is this thing complete? Is the whole package here? I like what I see, but is it here? You see, the promised Messiah had come. The promised Messiah was given. But the angel went ahead and assured him, don't you worry. He's not just some kind of name. It's not just a title. But the person that was born tonight is your Savior. He is the one that is going to be able finally to eradicate the power of sin. He is the one that is finally going to be able to make a sacrifice that will wash away the stain on the hearts of men. He is the one that will make it possible for unworthy sinners to stand before the throne of God and be seen as righteous and holy and welcomed into the kingdom of God. Let me assure you, shepherds, your promised Messiah has come and he will be your Savior. 
I want to say there was some good news that came to the shepherds that night when they realized that the Savior, the Deliverer, had arrived. He was here to set the captive free. He was here to bring victory. He was here to settle the dead with sin, death, hell, and the grave. The Savior had arrived. At this moment, as the angel was announcing the truth to the shepherds, he was just a babe in a manger. And to the unknowing eye, nothing special. That little babe laying in the manger had the power to save all of mankind. He was the promised seed that was going to bruise the head of the serpent and settle the sin problem for all of mankind. He said, shepherds, you can rejoice because you've received your Messiah. You can rejoice because he will be a Savior. But then I want to point out that these shepherds also received a fulfilled prophecy. They also received a fulfilled prophecy. In verse number 11, we see that the angel specifically named the city of David. For unto you that is born this day in the city of David. So we see Christ the Lord, the promised Messiah. We see the Savior, the powerful Redeemer. But then we see a fulfilled prophecy. Now what's significant about this? Well, now we know from Luke chapter number 2 that the shepherds were local, right? They, they, they were in the same country, the Bible says. They, they were local. So the angel could have said, Hey, I want to tell you, fellas, uh, the Savior was born just down the street. Uh, hey, I want to tell you, fellas, uh, the Savior is born in a stable over behind the, the, uh, the town market. Hey, I want to tell you, fellas, the Savior was born, uh, and he's, he's right over there. You know Zebedee's place? Uh, Zebedee loaned him his stable. He's over there in Zebedee's place. Uh, that's where the Savior's at. It was local. He could have given them local instructions, uh, but he didn't. No, no. He said, for unto you is born this day in the city of David. Now why did the angel mention that he was born in the city of David? Well, because he knew that these shepherds for their whole life had studied and heard and been told that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, the city of David. So when the angel announced the news, not only did the angel tell him that the Messiah was here, and not only did the angel tell him that he would be the Savior, but the angel confirmed it with telling them that the prophecy had been fulfilled. You know, for centuries as the Jews looked for the Messiah, as I said, every woman wanted to bear a son. Every Jewish family wondered if their son would be the Messiah. But there were different parts of the prophecy that didn't always fit. Maybe they weren't from Bethlehem. Maybe they were from a different tribe. Maybe they lived somewhere else. So they were like, but maybe, maybe, just maybe, he'll be the Messiah. I don't know how it'll work. And they wondered and they thought. But the angel said, I want you to know the Messiah's born. He'll be a Savior. And let me just confirm this for you. Let me just satisfy your curiosity. Let me put all your doubts to rest in the city of David. In other words, it is fulfilled prophecy. Let me satisfy you by telling you he is born where the prophets said he would be born. The angel not only told him of the Savior's birth, but he confirmed the authenticity of his statement by using prophecy in his announcement. The Savior is born, and yes, 
He is the one that you have been looking for. Next, I want to show you that in addition to being a fulfilled prophecy for the shepherds. Boys, this, this, this is where it gets good right here. This is where I get excited in the message. Y'all just going to have to hang with me. For the shepherds, it was a present day fulfillment. Okay? It says there in verse number 11, For unto you is born this day. Now I know I've already talked about this, but I want to make sure you get it. For hundreds, yea, even thousands of years, the Jewish people have been saying, a Messiah is going to be born. For hundreds of years, every prophet said, a Messiah is going to be born. For hundreds of years, every rabbi said, a Messiah is going to be born. Generation after generation has come and has gone and every generation says a Messiah is going to be born. This is something they've been looking for for a long, long, long time. But here in Luke chapter number 2 and verse number 11, the angel said to the shepherds, This day the prophecy has come to pass. Now we're going to derail from the birth of Christ for just a little bit. There's another coming that the Word of God talks about. He said in John 14, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go, catch these next words, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. You say, Pastor John, I've heard that my whole life. Me too. My whole life. I have heard preachers preach that he could come today. My whole life. I've heard preachers say, you better, better make sure you keep clean because Jesus could come at any time. And you know what? The preachers that were before them and the preachers that were before them, yea, for hundreds of years, we've been preaching that Jesus can come. Jesus is going to return. Jesus is coming back. We've passed it on. We've taught our children. Our children have taught their children. We've passed this on. We've spread the word. He is coming again. But because He's not come yet, it tends for us to get a little lax. We begin to think that maybe He's not coming. We begin to doubt. But I'm telling you, and I really, this verse don't prove this. I'm just telling you, I do believe that there is a very real possibility that you and I could experience a present day fulfillment of the prophecy that the Savior is coming again. Well, I'm telling you what, I look into the Word of God and, I, and like I told you when I get to heaven, I might realize that I was all mixed up. But I look at the Word of God and I see what the Word of God says concerning the coming of Christ. I see what the Word of God says about the last days. I see what the Word of God says about things that are going to be taking place in the last days. I see what the Word of God says about what's going to take place in the tribulation. And I put the dots together and I recognize that His coming is imminent. It is close. It could happen any moment. And just as the shepherds were sitting there that night, there was nothing out of the ordinary. There was nothing that signaled them that this night was going to be different than any other night. There 
there was nothing that told them that the Messiah would be born that night and they're sitting there around the fire and the sky split open and they experienced a present day fulfillment. I believe that there is coming a day that could very well happen in my lifetime. It could very well happen in your lifetime when it's going to be a normal day and the skies are going to split open and we are going to be taken out of here. I want to say that whenever we look at this story of the Savior being born, sometimes we miss the thrill of the what they experienced when they received the news. But I'm telling you, I've been living for 40, 46 years now and I've been hearing about the coming of the Savior. You've been living for a while and you've been hearing about the coming of the Savior. You've been reading about it. You've been listening to it. You've been thinking about it. And I want to say that there's coming a day when the skies are going to split open and although I may miss the, the excitement that they felt, I'm going to feel a thrill that I believe goes beyond what they felt when the Lord raptures His church home. You know what? We talk all the time. We hear people talk all the time. Let me say it that way. We hear people talk all the time about what terrible days we live in. The world falling apart. Everybody's gone crazy. Full of wickedness. And all that's true. But if I am living in the days that Jesus is going to return, if I am going to be one of the part, I'm going to be part of the church that is caught up. Well, Ted, I can't think of a better time to be alive. Let the world do what the world wants to do. There is generations, there are centuries of men of God who longed to be part of the church that was called up. There have been thousands upon thousands of saints who passed into eternity hoping that they would get to go up into rapture. It's what they longed for. And I'm telling you what, if we are the part of the church that's going to get called up, I know that envy's wrong, but I have to imagine there's a heaven full of saints that's a little bit envious that we get to be that part of the church. We're going to be called up, called out, and forever be with the Lord. If that don't excite you a little bit, maybe you need to work on your personal relationship with the Lord. Because the only time you don't want to be with somebody is if you don't have a close relationship. If you're working on a close relationship with the Lord, the best news that you can ever hear is that I might get to go be with Him. These shepherds experienced a present day fulfillment. And then last of all, there the first phrase of verse number 11. We see that the news the angel brought to the shepherds included a personal benefit. You know what, sometimes we'll hear so-and-so won the lottery and they won millions of dollars. Well, that's good for them if they played the lottery, but at least they won millions of dollars. But it don't help me any. Good news, but not good news that affects me. Maybe your brother-in-law, you know the one, he gets a new truck. You know that brother-in-law, you don't care for him. None of y'all have them kind of brother-in-laws, do you? He gets a new truck. It's good news for him, but it don't do nothing for you. You know what I'm talking about? We hear good news, but it's good news that don't apply. But this news applies. He said, for unto you is born this day in the city of David. 
a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. There is a personal benefit. The Savior hadn't come for only a select group of people. He hadn't come for only the elite or only the royalty or only the Jews. Although the gospel was to the Jews first, the angel said in verse number 10, for I for said this news is for all people. It was something that applied to everyone. There was a personal benefit to the coming of the Savior. I want to say this morning, the Savior has come for your deliverance. The Savior has come for your redemption. The Savior has come to set you free. The Savior has come to deliver you from the power of sin. The Savior has come to give you eternal life. The angel said, I am bringing good news, but the best part about the news I'm bringing is it is good news for you. There was a personal benefit to this news. This morning, the Word of God is filled with the promises of salvation, deliverance, restoration, peace, satisfaction, eternity, and all of these are for you. There's a personal benefit to the coming of the Savior. In verse number 15, if you read on down through the chapter, after the angels were gone, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. The shepherds cashed in on what the angel told them. My question to you this morning is, will you cash in? The shepherd appeared to the angels, or the angel appeared to the shepherds, excuse me, and he gave the good news. And the shepherd said, let us go and see. This morning I've relayed that good news to you. My question is, will you say, let us go and see. Let us partake in the blessing that is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. God provided a way of salvation. He made a way that all men might come to know the Lord as their Savior. He provided Himself as a sacrifice to deliver mankind. The question is, will you come and accept His offer of amazing grace? I'm going to ask each of you to stand there where you are. Miss Debbie's going to come to the piano. In the moment, Miss Debbie will play just a few lines on the piano. I want to say to you this morning, if you're here this morning, and you have never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. There's never been a time when you put your trust in the Lord Jesus. There's never been a time when you repented of your sin and turned to the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. Let me tell you, this good news is for you. There's no reason that anyone should go into eternity without Christ. This good news is for you. If the Lord spoke to your heart this morning as Miss Debbie plays, feel free to come. Feel free to come to this altar and let the Lord do a work in your heart.
Amen. Thank you for being in the Lord's house this morning. Let's never, let's never lose sight of the glory that happened that night. Our Savior was born. You're welcome. Go ahead and be seated. Uh, Pastor Kent and the, uh, Miss Jen, the girls have gone back to begin getting ready uh, for the baptism and said, boy, I'm telling you what, thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for godly families teaching their children the truths of the Word of God that young children can come to Christ at an early age. I'm telling you what, there's no better gift that you can give to your children than presenting the gospel so that they can come to Christ at an early age and they can, they can come to know Him as their Lord and Savior. I'm telling you, there is nothing better. And I'm telling you, I'm very thrilled uh, to see Addison and Brooklyn get baptized this morning. I'm very happy Pastor Kent uh, be able to baptize them. So looking forward to that. Pastor Kent, are you ready? Yes, you sir. look ready. Yes, All sir. right. All right. Well, we'll just turn it over to you. When you're finished, we'll close the service. Yes, sir. Well, as Pastor John mentioned at the beginning of the service, it was just a little over a year ago uh, in October that uh, my wife was actually sharing with the girls that it was her, at that point on that day, it was her spiritual birthday, where uh, years before, as she was a teenager, she had accepted Christ on that day, and uh, the girls were asking questions. We had shared the gospel with them before, but uh, God got a hold of their lives, and uh, Brooklyn prayed and accepted Jesus as her Savior. And uh, Addison wasn't quite ready. So Brooklyn came over after we led her to the Lord and she prayed and accepted Christ. She came over and very excitedly told Pastor John. And uh, I brought her over. By the time I had gotten back over, just uh, seeing her sister accept Christ, God used that in Addison's life. And she prayed right then and uh, accepted Christ as her Savior and uh, came over and told Pastor John right after that. And uh, we're just grateful for uh, all that the Lord has done. Grateful that they have... Uh, made the choice to uh, follow the Lord in believer's baptism. And uh, we're excited for Addison, first of all, and then Brooklyn to get baptized. All right. Well, Addison, upon your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus as your Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, buried in the likeness of his death, raised to walk in newness of life. Upon your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Buried in the likeness of his death, raised to walk in newness of life. Certainly proud of the girls and appreciate you being a part of their baptism. Pastor John, you come. Amen. Praise the Lord. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. See some, two more added to the family of God. Amen. Well, we're going to uh, pray and we'll be dismissed. Brother Jeremy, would you pray and dismiss us from the service?
Thank you.